Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Randy Andy Cuomo is finished. He just doesn't know it yet. Like a sailor who's desperately trying to weather a hurricane-force storm, his boat is destined to sink to the bottom. There's no life jacket, no chance of survival. Still, he clings to the arrogant belief that he is invincible while denying that his foolishness is to blame for his predicament. And so it is with the governor of New York a supremely pompous and pretentious man whose own churlish behavior has sealed his demise. His career in politics is over thanks to twin scandals of his own making. He lied about the thousands of nursing home deaths that he caused, and his despicable response to allegations of sexual harassment is to blame the victims. It's all their fault. Well, it won't work. No one in Albany now wants to have anything to do with Andrew Cuomo. When the rats abandon ship, all is lost. And it couldn't have happened to a more deserving guy than Randy Andy. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. If you look up the word randy, it means lustful and lecherous. It also connotes a person who is rude, coarse, and aggressive. These are descriptions that fit the governor of New York like a glove. It's as if Merriam-Webster had Randy Andy Cuomo in mind when the definitions were crafted. On the heels of compelling evidence that Cuomo covered up the thousands of nursing home deaths that he directly caused, three women have come forward with disgusting details of how the love gov is a creepy pervert who preys on females by groping, fondling, forcibly kissing, and sexual overtures. At first, Cuomo employed the old Blame the victim's routine. Oh, I was just being playful, he said. The women are to blame for, quote, misinterpreting it as unwanted flirtation. Oh, right, they just don't get my sense of humor. Imposing an unwanted lip lock on a woman is just playful. Groping and fondling women in the workplace is, you know, my way of flirting. That's the mentality of Randy Andy. Let's play spin the bottle, he allegedly said to his subordinate Lindsay Boylan. She knew exactly what kind of sexual fun and games the lascivious governor had in mind. Cuomo dismissed his sexual come-ons as nothing more than joking and teasing in a, quote, good-natured way to add some levity and banter. Seriously? Let me frighten women by harassing them so we can all have a good laugh. 
Instead of sincerely apologizing, Cuomo offered nothing but vacuous rationalizations. No one, not even the most gullible sap in New York, was buying it. So then, Randy Andy offered a conditional apology. Here it is, quote, To the extent that anyone felt offended, I'm truly sorry about that. Do you know what that is? That's a non-apology apology with a conditional qualifier attached. It's the same thing as saying, you should not be offended by my offensive behavior because I'm not. When even Democrats denounced Cuomo and called for his immediate resignation or face impeachment, the governor decided he'd hold a news conference to try to talk his way out of it. Bad move. It was an abject disaster. He doubled down on the blame game after once again blaming the victims for misinterpreting his salacious behavior, he then blamed his own father, the late Governor Mario Cuomo. That's right. Dad's the real culprit here. In other words, my sexual harassment was learned behavior, don't you know? You can go find hundreds of pictures of me uh, kissing people. Uh, men, women, it is my usual and customary way of greeting. You know that because you've watched me for, uh, let's just say, uh, more years than we care to remember. By the way, it was my father's way of greeting people. You're the governor of the state. You want people to feel comfortable. You want to reach out to them. So let's parse that ludicrous explanation. Point number one. His father kissed women without consent, so it's okay. Point number two, his father kissed men without consent, so it's even more okay. By the way, I'm still waiting for evidence of that, and I'm settling in for a long wait. Point number three, there are photos of him doing it, so that somehow makes it all okay. Get the picture? Literally? You know as well as I do that none of that makes a whit of sense, and his alleged victims could care less what his father did. It's irrelevant. Assaulting a woman is no less permissible because somebody else did it. It's like a criminal defendant saying to the jury, well, other people have robbed the 7-Eleven, so it's okay for me to rob the 7-Eleven. Good luck with that defense. It ain't gonna work. As if Cuomo hadn't already dug a deep enough hole already, he kept on shoveling. He reverted to his earlier conditional apology. Take a listen to this. You'll happen to notice that the word if precedes every faux apology. But if they were offended by it, then it was wrong. And if they were offended by it, I apologize. And if they were hurt by it, I apologize. And if they felt pain from it, I apologize. I apologize. I did not intend it. I didn't mean it that way. But if that's how they felt, that's all that matters. Amid all of Randy Andy's lame excuses and insipid rationalizations, there was a plethora of anemic denials. This is what I want you to know. 
and I want you to know this from me directly. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never touched anyone inappropriately. But wait, what about the photograph of Cuomo grabbing the face of Anna Roosh, who then says he kissed her cheek without permission? That's not touching someone inappropriately? A perfect stranger you've never met? She also says he placed his hand on the lower part of her bare back and she promptly removed it in disgust. But you know, maybe Dad did that, so yeah, it's okay. To hear Randy Andy tell it, he never knew that his wandering hands and fast lips made anyone feel distressed or sick to their stomachs. I never knew at the time that I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. But wait, Randy Andy knew because Charlotte Bennett reported his sexually harassing behavior immediately to Cuomo's chief of staff and his chief counsel. They, in turn, made the governor aware of it pronto. So at the very least, he knew he made Bennett uncomfortable right after it happened. Cuomo's clever wordplay was nothing more than a subterfuge. Bennett is 25 years old and served recently as an aide to Andrew Cuomo. She says the 63-year-old governor propositioned her for sex during a workplace meeting. Here's part of her interview with Nora O'Donnell of CBS. You'll be outraged. Governor Cuomo said that he has never propositioned anybody. Do you believe that he was propositioning you? Yes. For what? Sex. In the spring of 2020, New York was the epicenter of the COVID crisis. The pandemic was obviously stressful for all of us, and he was on TV nearly every day talking about it. Make that gown look good. So you think all this national attention may have emboldened him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he was untouchable in a lot of ways. Bennett says their professional relationship took a turn on May 15th when she alleges the governor started asking her about her love life and then became fixated, repeating over and over again her history as a sexual assault survivor. So he goes, you were raped. You were raped. You were raped and abused and assaulted. Another key encounter happened on June 5th when Bennett says she was called into Cuomo's office to take dictation and he told her to turn off the tape recorder. And then he explains at that point that he is looking for a girlfriend. He's lonely. He's tired. You've just finished dictation and the governor is telling you he's lonely and looking for a relationship. Yes. He asked if... I had trouble enjoying being with someone because of my trauma. This is, seems highly inappropriate. Yeah. The governor asked me if I was sensitive to intimacy. In his office? Yes. During the workday. You have been quoted as saying that he also asked you about if you'd ever been with an older man. Yeah. He asked me if age difference mattered. He also explained that he was fine 
with anyone over 22. And how old are you? 25. What were you thinking as he's asking you these questions? I thought, he's trying to sleep with me. The governor's trying to sleep with me. And I'm deeply uncomfortable. And I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. And to be clear, what made you think that he was trying to sleep with you? Without explicitly saying it, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. Charlotte Bennett's story is both persuasive and frightening. Importantly, she is credible. Her account of what Cuomo did to her is corroborated by electronic communications and verified by the fact that she reported the sexual harassment immediately to top officials in the Cuomo administration, where it was all kept very, very quiet until now. Naturally, the governor is pleading with everyone to not rush to judgment in pronouncing his guilt, something he never granted to anyone else accused of the same contemptible conduct. There is a disrespect for women that this administration chronically uh, exemplified to cheapen or ridicule the pain a woman suffers from a sexual attack uh, is disgusting. Hmm, that's an interesting concept. In the law, it's called due process. Establish the facts and evidence first and allow the accused a chance to respond before denouncing someone for sexual harassment and screaming for that person's resignation. But it's too bad that Andrew Cuomo never thought to follow his own advice. It wasn't that long ago that Cuomo ripped the Trump administration for what he called a culture of sexual harassment. There is a disrespect for women that this administration chronically uh, exemplified to cheapen or ridicule the pain a woman suffers from a sexual attack uh, is disgusting. Well, it now looks like Cuomo was describing himself a disgusting disrespect for women. Why is it that the very people who appear guilty of sexual harassment themselves are the first to accuse others of the same thing? And why is it that Cuomo demanded that others resign without due process, but is now demanding that he is entitled to due process in response to demands that he resign? The easy answer is that he's a shameless hypocrite, or just a wormy guy. Who can forget that it was Cuomo, among other Democrats, who condemned Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh as a sexual predator without bothering to even listen to Kavanaugh's defense of himself. It was Cuomo who demanded that three Albany lawmakers resign over sex harassment allegations the moment those accusations came to light without a flicker of due process. So why isn't the governor holding himself to the same standard? Here's why. 
because he's the almighty Andrew Cuomo. That's why. The rules don't apply to him. Even his own invented rules. Rules are for minions and mere mortals. Cuomo thinks he's a political god. He's above it all. He is exactly why so many Americans despise most politicians. They're duplicitous and downright slimy. They're so transparently fake you can see right through them. And Cuomo is like cellophane. If Randy Andy thought his press conference might magically resurrect him from the political dead, it was a pathetic gambit. He was promptly blasted by just about everyone, Democrats, Republicans, the media that used to suck up to him all the time, and women's rights advocates. The New York Post editorial board wrote, Cuomo says he feels shame, hard to believe because he continues to be shameless. New York State Senator James Scofus, a Democrat, blasted Cuomo's qualified apology, saying there's no if in apology. Others took to social media to mock and condemn Cuomo. Here's a sampling. One tweet read, Sexual harassment is not an Italian thing. No one is making the Olive Garden commercial, you shameless buffoon. Another tweet said, Cuomo's excuse summarized, My dad taught me the tradition of sexually harassing women. But my favorite was this, Curious, what would happen to a New York State employee who underwent sexual harassment training and then repeatedly broke the sexual harassment rules in the workplace? Answer, he'd be fired, unless his name is Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo did, in fact, undergo sex harassment training. He said so. Hence, his claim that he didn't know rings hollow. It's preposterous. And let's not forget it was Cuomo and a cavalcade of Democrats who set the standard in the Me Too movement that all women must be believed. Kamala Harris was on board, and yet she has been conspicuously silent about Randy Andy. Why hasn't she now said that Boylan, Bennett, and Roosh must be believed and Cuomo in his denials must not be believed? Well, you know the answer to that, because the governor is a Democrat, and the rule doesn't apply to Democrats, only to Republicans like Trump or Kavanaugh. Isn't it interesting that the liberal pundits and reporters who spent months during the pandemic lavishing adulation on Andrew Cuomo are now suddenly reversing course. Molly Jung Fast, the editor-at-large of the Daily Beast, once slobbered all over the governor by saying she had a crush on him. Hard to believe she considers herself to be a journalist. What a crock. But now, given the allegations that the target of her affections is a serial sexual harasser, she's changed her cheery tune. Her latest column is entitled... My Cuomo crush turned out to be Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> you, you can't make that up. So what she's saying is she was a victim, you see, seduced by brainwashing. I suspect that Molly Jung Fast doesn't have a brain to be washed. CNN editor-at-large Chris Saliza, who's never been right about anything in his dubious career, was once so smitten with Cuomo that he proclaimed him 
the most popular politician in America and should be anointed President of the United States. Now, without a shred of regret or contrition, Saliza has forsaken his role as head cheerleader. He's apparently burned his pom-poms. He's now actually criticizing Cuomo with real evidence. What a concept for a journalist. I'll give credit to Trevor Noah, the comedian who hosts The Daily Show. He previously embarrassed himself by fawning all over Cuomo, calling himself a Cuomo-sexual. <laughs> well, at least Noah has the self-awareness and sense of humor to now mock himself for being such a complete stooge. And I'll tell you, man, all those people who praised Cuomo so highly last year, whew, those people really don't look so smart now. Delete the tapes, delete the tapes, delete them all. I mean, it must be so embarrassing. Can you imagine if you're one of those people? <laughs> just burn them. I don't give a sh Burn them. Yeah, and then you just cut this part out. Of course, the biggest stooge of all is the uber-smug Chris Cuomo, a.k.a. Fredo, Randy Andy's little bro. As I pointed out in my last podcast, the Cuomo comedy duo yucked it up on the Younger's primetime show on CNN in close to a dozen appearances during the pandemic. They cracked jokes. They employed prop comedy as thousands of people were dying each and every day. Has Chris Cuomo ever apologized once for such offensive behavior? Has he ever said, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been laughing with my brother as the body bags were piling high? No, Chris Cuomo never had the courage to say, I'm sorry, not a word of apology. During his softball interviews with his big brother, he dubbed him the love gov and said, quote, I'm wowed by what you did, and more importantly, I'm wowed by how you did it. What self-respecting journalist would shovel such manure? And the head of CNN, Jeff Zucker, let him do it. Zucker allowed the Cuomos to turn CNN into a laughingstock by ignoring basic ethical standards that prohibit a journalist from interviewing his own brother. It's called cesspool journalism. Chris Cuomo and Jeff Zucker are swimming in the cesspool. But now that Randy Andy's sex harassment picadillos have been laid bare for all to see, suddenly Zucker's CNN is trying to wash off the stench by prohibiting Chris from now interviewing his big brother or even covering the story. Obviously, I'm aware of what's going on with my brother. And obviously, I cannot cover it because he is my brother. Wait a minute. Wait, wait just one minute. Wasn't Chris Cuomo Andrew's brother during the pandemic story? Isn't he still Andrew's brother now during the sex harassment story? Let me think about this for just a moment. Okay, I get it now. It's okay to interview your own brother when the story about him is positive. But when it turns negative... There's some other amorphous standard that comes into play. Of course, there's no logic or consistency here. It's just some random thing that Zucker's CNN conjures up 
whenever it wants to promote a liberal narrative, but then reverses it when the same liberal needs protection. Zucker should be canned from his job as the head of CNN. Chris Cuomo should be taken off the air. Because CNN shows liberal bias and ratings over ethics. In the process, the network squandered its only currency, credibility. And so did the Washington Post. The newspaper's media columnist, Margaret Sullivan, applauded the Cuomo brothers' comedy duo during the pandemic, calling it surprisingly addictive viewing. She gave them a standing ovation, but now she sheepishly claims that, well, her original judgment was too lenient. Too lenient? Seriously, Margaret? How about egregiously unprofessional and stupid? How about making a mockery of journalism? You'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind to think otherwise. Andrew Cuomo's approval ratings have now plummeted from 71% during the height of the pandemic to a pitiful 38% now in the wake of his sexual harassment scandal and all of the lies that he peddled about the thousands of nursing home deaths that he directly caused and covered up. There's a federal criminal investigation by the FBI and the U.S. Attorney in New York examining what Cuomo did by covering up the death toll and falsifying data. Obstruction of justice, fraud, conspiracy, those are just some of the potential crimes that may have been committed. But Cuomo may also have committed crimes involving sex harassment. Lindsay Boylan describes vile incidents of physical conduct by Cuomo without her consent. The former Deputy Secretary of Economic Development and Special Advisor to the Governor describes how Cuomo, quote, would go out of his way to touch me on my lower back, arms, and legs. On one occasion, when she attempted to leave his office, Boylan writes, he stepped in front of me and kissed me on the lips. I was in shock, but I kept walking. After that, Boylan said that her fear of Cuomo worsened, and she avoided all contact with him. I came to work nauseous every day, she said. Eventually, she became so anguished that she quit her job to stop what she called, quote, the governor's abuse of power to sexually harass me, just as he had done with so many other women. Under New York law, indecent contact crimes involve groping someone's intimate parts without consent. It's defined by statute in the penal code as forcibly touching the sexual or other intimate parts of another person. Does Boylan's account meet this criminal requirement? It absolutely does. In the context of an unwanted kiss, New York law regards a person's mouth to be an intimate body part. This was the finding of the court in the case of People v. Rondon. Was it forcible under the meaning of the law? Yes. Forcibly requires nothing more than touching someone without consent. The force is implied where the groping is unwanted. And the same legal reasoning applies to Boylan's other claims that Cuomo repeatedly touched or fondled her other body parts. Here, the statute specifically identifies forcible touching as squeezing, grabbing, or pinching. 
This leaves us with a crime of harassment. If it can be shown that Cuomo is guilty of fondling and forcibly kissing Boylan and that such acts placed her in reasonable fear or trepidation of further aggression, then criminal charges could be filed against the governor for harassment. Among the most troubling aspects of Boylan's story is her portrayal of the governor as a predator. In one chilling passage, she writes, Governor Cuomo has created a culture within his administration where sexual harassment and bullying is so pervasive that it is not only condoned but expected. Boylan describes a workplace where Cuomo loyalists appear to act as pimps for the governor, actually setting up encounters where their predator boss could prey on his victims. She offered proof by divulging several electronic messages. If the governor's intended victims did not capitulate, says Boylan, they'd be punished by humiliation, intimidation, and bullying. Cuomo was adept at, quote, exploiting the power dynamic with the women around him. He insulted and ridiculed female colleagues, according to Boylan. He also manipulated and used them to normalize his predatory behavior. It's appalling. New York Attorney General Letitia James has now launched a formal investigation. That's in addition to the federal criminal investigation of Cuomo and his aides for obstruction of justice, fraud, and conspiracy involving his falsifying data and covering up thousands of nursing home deaths. By the way, he's admitted to doing that. Cuomo has always been a bully and a thug who hammered people with intimidation and threats. Ask anybody in New York politics. But the stories of sexual harassment constitute the final paragraph in Andrew Cuomo's political obituary. He is finished for good. He'll never hold public office again. He couldn't get elected dog catcher now. Of course, Cuomo will resist calling it quits because, you know, that's what egotistical and self-important people do. Their vanity knows no limits. They are unprincipled and unscrupulous. A decent person with an ounce of humility or humanity would apologize without equivocation and resign from office for the good of the people he's supposed to be serving. But Randy Andy will never do that. He always puts himself first. He's the kind of guy who got into politics not because he cared about helping people. He only cared about amassing power and celebrity for himself. He'll try to hang on to the bitter end of his term in 2022, dragging down New York with him. Because when he looks in the mirror, Cuomo sees the image of a heroic figure. It's an illusion born of conceit. In truth, Randy Andy resembles a conniving lech. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for joining me.